Welcome to the Alabaster Jar, a weekly conversation where we take on current issues impacting women at the intersection of faith, theology, and ministry. We are pleased to offer Alabaster Jar as a podcast of Northern Seminary. This week, we are joined by all three of our hosts, Dr. Lynn Kohick, Dr. Ingrid Farrow, and Dr. Beth Felker-Jones for a conversation on why they chose to launch this new podcast and why you don't want to miss out on what we have planned for you in the weeks ahead. Well, welcome listeners to our first episode. My name is Serene Musselman. I'm a current student at Northern Seminary, and we are joined by three amazing women this week for our very first episode. Our hosts today are Dr. Lynn Kohick. Lynn is a provost and dean of academic affairs and professor of New Testament at Northern Seminary. We're also joined by Dr. Ingrid Farrow. Ingrid is a visiting professor of Old Testament at Northern Seminary. And last but not least, we are joined by Dr. Beth Felker-Jones, and Beth is soon to be a professor of theology at Northern Seminary. We are so excited to have her joining us soon. And so just to jump in today, Ingrid, you were sharing right before uh, we clicked record about your heart for this podcast and why uh, you're so excited about um, what's going to be happening in this space over the coming months. So Ingrid, would you just take a moment to share with our listeners what it is that you're looking forward to about this podcast? Absolutely. Thanks, Serene. We are excited to be talking about amazing women. And that's really our focus. Amazing women from the Bible, Old and New Testament, amazing women in church history, but also we'll be featuring especially amazing women in ministry and in academia. So that is something that is important. Women in ministry, women in academia, we need encouragement. We need to encourage one another. Although it's not just for women, it's also for men who want to hear about amazing women, hear from amazing women, and be part of helping encourage us in our ministry, in our scholarship, and in our just in our living our Christian life and community. So, but, you know, especially women we so often we know are overlooked and not heard. This is a chance. Join in, listen in. Thanks, Ingrid. We're, uh, this is Lynn. Um, and when Ingrid was talking, uh, kept using the word amazing. Um, I, I, uh, resonated very much with that inspiring we're hoping that our conversations will inspire women uh, to take that next step whatever it is uh, that the lord is leading them to do and the challenges and there are challenges um, that that all of us face we can be inspired and encouraged as we hear how others have faced those challenges and met those challenges Beth here. Uh, The podcast is named for the woman who pours out that jar of uh, costly ointment to prepare Jesus for his burial. And I think of her as a kind of model for what I do as a theologian, for what um, so many of us do in the Christian life, pouring it out for Jesus. I'm so inspired by so many women who are doing that so beautifully, who are stewarding their gifts so faithfully. And we really look forward to talking uh, with our guests as we uh, do the work of this podcast and thinking about what that looks like. Mm, Wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing that. I'm certainly excited to see what's ahead for us at the Alabaster Jar. I think it would be really helpful for our listeners to have a moment just to get to know each of you a little bit better. Um, So if you wouldn't mind sharing uh, just a bit of your story of how God's been working in your life, what brought you to this moment that we are all sitting here recording a podcast together. So Lynn, would you um, take just a moment to start us out, share a bit of your story with us? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, thank you. Um, I uh, 
when I when I accepted uh, the Lord in high school and was baptized, we had um, adult believer baptism in a creek, running water, and uh, I was getting ready to go off to college, and we were to choose a passage of scripture, and I chose the story of the woman who anointed uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's been a story that has shaped my imagination and has inspired me. Um, this woman gave all that she had knowing and believing and trusting uh, Jesus's words that he was going to face uh, crucifixion and then be raised. And in fact, her own brother, Lazarus, um, was raised by Jesus. And so she knew his resurrection power in a very personal way. And that's my hope to, to know that resurrection power um, that uh, Paul also talks about in Philippians 3. Um, and my journey uh, then was to uh, study, to, to study the New Testament especially, and learn more and, and teach. Ironically, although I'm, I'm in a seminary now, when I was starting my graduate education, the church that I was a part of did not believe that it was appropriate for women to study the Bible. So I actually don't have a seminary degree. I have a PhD. I went from undergrad to a PhD. Uh, and I have felt that as a loss when I hear of the wonderful stories that uh, women and men have of their uh, days in their um, MA or MDiv studies, and, and I don't have those. But I have seen the Lord in each step of the way uh, prepare me for what I'm, what I'm doing now. And I've been very interested in the lives of women in the ancient world. And some of my writing has been either biblical women or women in the Greco-Roman and uh, Jewish worlds. So I look forward to uh, talking with some of our guests about uh, biblical women in the Old and New Testament and also in the early church. Thank you so much for sharing, Lynn. I think it's always amazing to look back and see how God was bringing those pieces together, even if they uh, look a little unorthodox and by the world's standards. So thank you for sharing. Beth, would you mind uh, taking a moment to share your story with us as well? Happy to. I spent my college years doing church camp ministry in the summers, something I adored. And uh, through that experience, God called me to the ministry and I headed off to seminary. Uh, I did both my master's and doctoral work at Duke Divinity School in North Carolina. And there I discerned that the calling uh, I was being led to was uh, not in the local church, but in research, in writing, and in teaching. Um, and so did that PhD to, to be equipped for that work. Um, I write about theology related to the body. I love doctrine. Uh, I love getting to teach about Jesus. And I tell my students that what I do now is really in a lot of continuity with what I got to do at church camp a thousand years ago. Um, it's just a little bit nerdier now. I still get to teach about Jesus. It's a great life. Uh, I love it. Uh, it does come with challenges, uh, especially uh, as a woman in a world that doesn't always love women well. Uh, but it's been full of joy. I've been teaching theology for 17 years now and look forward to what's to come. 
That's awesome. Thanks, Beth. I love that perspective that even in the midst of the challenges, there's joy and there can be fun as we pursue academia and ministry. And so thank you for sharing. Um, Ingrid, would you mind uh, jumping in now and sharing your story with us as well? Sure. Well, like Lynn, I also became a, a Christian in, when I was a teenager. And uh, unfortunately, that church moved to teaching that women were not supposed to be in ministry. We were supposed to be quiet in the church. And what we were supposed to do was get married and support our husbands. So even though my dream was to be in ministry, I became a dietitian and associate professor of nutrition. And then through some family hardships, I ended up in the uh, field of insurance. So I ran a, started and ran a couple of insurance businesses. Uh, but um, in the process of that, I realized that I knew I was not fulfilling what God had called me to. And even more so, I had some real questions about God because my first husband, who had been studying to be a pastor, which is why I married him and had a third of the New Testament memorized, was also abusive and unfaithful. And um, first, after he broke my nose, I finally called the pastor. He told me to go home and love my husband. So I didn't mm -hmm. escape until after he tried to kill me. So, And then there were more life challenges that went on. So actually, when I started, uh, God told me, you know, that might sound strange, but I knew I needed to go and get answers for myself. And for me, God told me to get it from the Greek and the Hebrew because I wanted to know who God was and where was God through all the evil. And that's what I ended up doing my dissertation on, through all the evil that evolved in my life and around me and all the other people, so many people around me. So uh, mine was a quest to know who God is and to get answers. I wanted, like Job, I wanted answers and I wanted to hear them from God and through his words. So that was, uh, that's how I ended up. And then uh, worked again, I got the MDiv and the PhD. So, and that, that had some challenges with, from especially some of the students who thought a woman shouldn't get a PhD. I would be questioned sometimes, what are you doing that degree for? But the Lord had told me, <laughs> I knew that's what I needed to do. So yeah, that was some of my yeah. story. Mm, thank you so much for sharing, Ingrid, and what an incredible testimony of resilient faith, of, of sticking to what you felt God was calling you into. And, you know, as all three of you were sharing, I hear these themes of, of challenges that uh, women who may be listening right now are probably connecting with. I think uh, you're speaking to shared uh, life experiences that for women being called into ministry and into academia or just looking to use their gifts in the way God has wired them, um, they might be resonating with you right now. So with that in mind, I'd love to just take a moment to hear from your heart about some of the challenges that you are seeing women currently facing that are, are speaking to you, that you feel um, passionate about. Um, would you mind sharing that with us? So Beth, would you kick us off? Are there any, any challenges that you are seeing in our world today that women are facing right now that are, are speaking to you specifically? There are many, unfortunately. Uh, I think that sexism and misogyny is one of the are one of the basic uh, two ways that sin operates in this world. Uh, it's pervasive and it affects us all in different ways. Uh, I came alive in seminary in lots of ways. I got to join my academic gifts with my love for Jesus, but it was also the first time in my life where I really became aware of sexism and misogyny as they uh, affected me personally. 
Uh, I had lots of wonderful experiences in seminary. I also uh, got to see some of the other ways things operate. I think women are working against those trends that have held us back from using our gifts. And I really think that when people are being called to, to pour their gifts out, uh, the enemy doesn't want to see that happen. Um, I think there is a, a backlash, a pushback uh, from evil uh, against women. And we have to be aware of this uh, in earthly terms, in political terms, but also in spiritual terms. Um, what I know is that the word of God is for us and that God is for us. And that encourages me to keep going, uh, but helps me encourage my students as well. Hmm, that's powerful. Thanks, Beth. What about you, Ingrid? What's uh, speaking to you right now in terms of challenges that you see women facing? I'm always surprised, which I shouldn't be anymore, but I continue to be surprised in my now 20 years from the time I started my uh, education and my first class in theology, but that so much has not changed in regards to women and the role of women, especially in the church. And it's not just a problem in the U.S. I remember when I taught in Sweden for a year and I thought, oh, Sweden, this is not going to be a problem here. First, right away, each of the women in my classes came up and said, is there a place for me in ministry? Women from Austria, Sweden, Iceland, different parts. Uh, even in, you know, I was in East Asia and I thought, oh, China, surely there's not. Sure enough, women, you know, what? what's my role in both in the family as well as in ministry? So it's it's been a historical problem and it continues to be an issue. And I remember wrestling with this when I started in seminary, I'd never heard of the term complementarian egalitarian and some of our listeners might not have either because it wasn't a term that I used in insurance or dietitian or as a dietitian, but, uh, but recognizing that, um, that it's, it's such a painful issue because it has to do with an identity told being told that, we who are image bearers of God, male and female, he created them as humanity, uh, that uh, that we are somehow sometimes less than, that we have less of a voice. And so we need, and, and it's not about, you know, so often men get all itchy because it's like, oh, they're going to take over. They're going to diminish my masculinity. Forget about it. How insecure. You know, I mean, the, the term masculinity isn't used in scripture, but image of God is male and female is certainly is. And and I, I remember one of my favorite uh, little teeny books I read was Michael Bird when he described in his, his little book, I'll, I'll see if I get it, Bourgeois Babes, Bobby Wives, and uh, Bossy Wives and Bobby hair, Haircuts, I think. But anyway, he describes his journey from being a very strict complementarian to, at the time, not quite egalitarian, no longer complementarian, something like that, was when he was teaching Romans in his theology class. And it, and recognizing that Phoebe was the one that was the letter carrier, that she was the one that brought the, not only read the letter to the churches in Rome, but explained the letter. She taught the book of Romans. And he said, if he realized if she did that, who is he to tell women they couldn't preach or teach? So, you know, little moments along the way, little stories that just help encourage each of us. So that's part of also what we hope to do in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're talking about just hearing the voices, amplifying the voices of of women. And I am I agree. I'm so excited. We're going to share with you listeners in just a little bit some of the ways that we're planning to do that. But thank you, Ingrid. That's that's exciting and powerful. So, um, Lynn, would you speak to this as well? Uh, what are some challenges that you see women facing right now? 
Yes, uh, echo what has been said. And I, I also think that uh, there, there's unnecessary division among women. Um, I know as uh, uh, when I was working out, outside the home and had younger kids, uh, sometimes uh, women who uh, were working inside the home, stay-at-home moms, we were pitted against each other uh, instead of all of us treasuring what our gifts were and how we were uh, making our families the best that they could be with our gifts and talents. And I, I uh, so I hope that this uh, podcast is an encouragement for women wherever they are, whatever whatever space that they're uh, that they're in. I've got some uh, friends who have young kids. Um, my kids are all grown now, um, but they have some young kids, even babies. And, uh, and you know, that's a wonderful time in, in one's life, an exhausting time in one's life. And, and I, I hope that we're able to celebrate all the stages of a woman's life. Um, so I, I hope that, that we unify in this podcast rather than, than divide. Um, I would say that some other challenges that we hope to address uh, is to break the silence. And I think we've, we've kind of said that in different ways, but that's, that's another way of dividing women. When you think that it's just you, um, nobody else really has this experience. It's very isolating. But I think what we'll find is we share a lot and we can be encouraged with each other's stories and realize we're not alone. Um, and then I, I hope that we're also able to, um, uh, to show, showcase, show um, women doing lots of different things in service and obedience to the Lord. What you can't see, you can't be is a catchphrase that's happening now. And, and there's, I think, some truth to that. It's hard to imagine uh, being, uh, being successful if you've never seen, seen what that can look like. And so I hope we bring uh, pictures uh, to our listeners' minds that are encouraging and help them to expand their horizons. Um, and then finally, I guess what I would say is a big challenge is our culture and with social media has even more created uh, that perception is reality. Um, I think of my young niece who's in high school and just the, the amount of information that she gets on her social media, from her social media sources. And, um, and then with the COVID situation has, it, it just, it creates an environment, I think, for young girls um, of heightened anxiety and kind of wanting to know what is what is true, what is what is with perception, uh, and and what is true. And so, I hope that for this podcast, we will be encouraging and transparent and truthful and um, kind of just telling it like it is and where we're at um, and not needing to put the special face on like sometimes happens with, uh, with social media. So. Amen. 
Thank you so much, Lynn. Yeah. So I am personally excited as a student at Northern uh, just to see the future of this. That's how I ended up here, as Lynn was pointing out, uh, what we we can't be something we've never seen. And as I started to see women um, using their gifts and in seminary and leading in churches, it was uh, a life changing experience for me. So I'm so excited for our listeners to get to experience that as we uh, raise up women's voices and paint that beautiful picture of, of unity that you're speaking to, Lynn. And so so I would love to hear from each of you about what you are working on currently, because a little bird told me that each of you have some great projects in the works. So, and I think our listeners would love to hear about it. So Ingrid, would you mind sharing with our listeners uh, what projects you have either um, worked on in the past that you're super proud of or something that you're working on currently? Sure, thank you. I recently published an academic work, Evil in Genesis, and that is a very long subtitle, but Evil in Genesis is sufficient. And uh, it's really looking at the Hebrew text and what is the meaning of that. But since it is academic, realizing it has a limited audience, it's been on my heart for many years now to also write a practical application of that, something for the church. What do we do when evil hits us in the face? How do we prepare for it ahead of time? And and uh, what are ways that we can respond? And, and especially what, what can we do about it? And what does God want to do about the evil that hits us and that is around us? So that's, uh, that's my current project and I'm really excited. So uh, Beth, could you tell us also about, you've written so many great books, tell us about whatever, whichever of all of them you would like to uh, highlight the most. I so appreciate all your work and I know we've used them in our classrooms here. Thanks, Ingrid. Happy to. Um, my most recent book is called Pandemic Prayers, and it's a little book of prayers and devotions uh, from and for this time of difficulty that we've all been living together uh, for the past year. Uh, I'm currently working on two books, uh, Theology of Conversion, which is a more academic book. It's titled Converting Love and a book called Why I Am Protestant, which uh, should be accessible to a more general audience. And I'm really looking forward to that one. It's a book I've always wanted to write. How about you, Lynn? What are you up to? Well, thanks. Yeah, I, um, I just finished uh, a commentary on Ephesians in the um, New International Commentary, the New Testament series. I'm very excited about that. And uh, so kind of taking a deep breath and uh, taking some smaller projects. Um, interestingly, this year I've had three different groups reach out and ask me to participate in study Bibles. There's two women's study Bibles that are going to be uh, coming out soon. And so I'm doing some study notes in both of those. And then a third study Bible where I'll be uh, doing notes on gospel women. So I'm very excited about that. and. I'm one of the associate editors of the Dictionary of Paul and His Letters that we're redoing in his second edition. So I've done some essays for that and continue to work with that. And then a couple of, I'm, I'm at the age where uh, some of my colleagues are, uh, are entering into retirement years. And so some Feshrift chapters, those uh, books that honor uh, colleagues, I've been doing some of that. So smaller projects, but, um, also right still continuing to write on women in the new testament and early church which i love awesome thanks for sharing everyone 
um, just as we wrap up here, uh, we're going to take a moment uh, to point to the future and let you know about some of the things that we have in store. So Lynn, would you take just a moment to let us know? Um, we have some great guests coming up. We also have a special segment we're talking about. So would you take just a moment to let our listeners know uh, what they can be expecting? Sure. Upcoming, we'll be uh, talking with uh, a New Testament expert, Professor Janine Brown, who uh, is has worked a lot in the Gospel of Matthew and also has done work in hermeneutics, which is a fancy way of saying interpreting the Bible. Um, she's a just put out a second edition of a fabulous book that I've used over the years in teaching. And she's also working on a commentary on Philippians. So I'm excited to talk with her. We have a theologian um, who we'll also be talking with soon, Karen Statina. She has a fabulous book out on, I think it's called How to Read, How to Do Theology for All It's Worth. I think that's the the uh, exact title. It's, it's terrific. And she's able to take complex ideas and make them simple for people like me. You know, I didn't do theology. I did New Testament. It's simple, right? So <laughs> it's not complicated like the, the theologians. I leave that to Beth and others. So we, yeah, we have guests like that, that will be just talking about uh, their, their, um, what they've been working on and, and then also how, how their Christian experience, uh, how the Lord has been faithful uh, and a little bit of their story. That's wonderful. And then also another segment that we've been talking about is just uh, highlighting the voices of women who are either currently in seminary or have been impacted by seminary. And so we're excited about that segment to offer to you where you'll get to hear from other listeners, people just like you who are walking through this season of exploring what God has for them. And they'll be able to share their stories of what that experience has been with you. So we are so excited about uh, what we have in store here in the coming weeks. We hope that you'll keep tuning back in weekly for these conversations. And thank you again to our amazing hosts, Dr. Lynn Kohek, Dr. Ingrid Farrow, and Dr. Beth Felker-Jones. We are so excited to hear more from you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing to support women and uh, in ministry and in academia. And so we look forward to the next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.